0: hey guys thanks for joining the radiate church podcast today i'm brandon the lead pastor here at radiate and i'm honored that you jumped in to hear this message i hope that it challenges you inspires you and leads you to the life god intends enjoy the message Why Don't you turn and tell three people around you high five them and say it's own in the house it's own in the house come on it's own in the house own in the house you you can have a seat today you can have a seat listen I'm telling you it's your voice that unlocks the freedom that God has for you listen is your before a move ever happens before a miracle ever happens a sound must first be released Unless we're willing to open our mouth and release the sound that the Spirit has put in us, we have to be, have to be willing to do that if we're ever going to see God move in a miraculous way in our lives. I'm, here, I'm just telling you, the bottom line is, the walls never would have fell if the Israelites never would have yelled. Come on, are you with me today? I'm just telling you, some of you are staring at the same mountain you've been staring at your entire life. And the reason is because we haven't talked to it. We wanted everybody else to. I need my pastor to come and pray over that mountain. Listen, can I tell you something? Your prayers are, My prayers are no more holy than yours are. None. We are all, the Bible tells me we're all ministers in the Spirit of God. We all have the same connection to the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that lives in you and in me. Come on. And here's the truth. You don't need my voice can't move the mountain. It's your voice declaring chains fall today. Not tomorrow. My my wife, I'm gonna call her out for a second. She's not in here, so I can do it. <clears throat> my wife told me she was gonna start a fitness plan on Monday. Right? She, I'm like, baby, you look good, you know. She's like, I'm gonna start Monday. Here's what I said. I looked at her, I said, Why wait till Monday? Because here's what happens when we wait till another day. The other day never comes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Every year we go into January and we we get a brand new membership to a brand new gym. And for two weeks, for two weeks, we go to it, don't we? And the last two weeks it's like, oh, it's all good, no worries. I ain't got to worry about it. Next year, next year, next year. Why? Why are we waiting? Here. Now. Now. Chains fall today. Fear bows today. Anxiety lifts today. Nothing has to control me anymore. If I keep waiting, the enemy wants us to. It's called procrastination. And he lives in that junk. You know what I'm saying? I am the king of procrastinators. I love waiting on things. Because I don't want to do some things till I feel like it. Anybody with me? But the enemy will look at us and go, he'll make sure we never feel like it. He'll make sure it's harder tomorrow than it is today. I'm going to go work out tomorrow. Get down on the floor in your living room and do some push-ups today because you got to start. You get what I'm saying? It's your voice that has to move the mountain today. Anybody anybody excited about what God's going to speak to us today? Come on now. Come on. I feel like there's a little. I feel like some of you are going, what just happened? That's, that's, called, that's called God moving in somebody's life right there. I'm just telling you, that's what that's called. That's what happens, and, and, and it's not about a person. It's about somebody just getting sick and tired of being where you're at, and you're ready to go somewhere else. Anybody with me? You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to, to Matthew chapter 9. That's where we're going to hang today, Matthew chapter 9, about midway through the, 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 um, the, that chapter there. Hey, I want to do something real quick. I want you to do something. I want you to do, as we start week two of November, on the count of three, I'd love it if everybody would just say the alphabet. Like, just say your ABCs, okay? Just say your. A- don't cheat, Chris, because you, you, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. You just do it, okay? Say, say the alphabet, ABCs, on the count of three, okay? Everybody, everybody, now look, at your neighbor say this includes you. Great day. Are y'all alive? Can y'all talk? <laughs> Here we go. One, two, three, go. They're all singing. Oh. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see if you would do it. You got to the end and you still did it. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. You guys did it a little better than the than the 10 o'clock, all right? Because at 10 o'clock, this side over here was singing it and this side over here was monotone. It was like a b c d a. F. So it was amazing. Like, it was incredible symphonic harmony right there. You like how I threw that out there, don't you? And Chris, Pastor Chris started directing like he was in a choir all of a sudden. I don't know. He's like, y'all got to hit the K chord while you're playing that. I, I don't know. I'm making stuff up. Um, so, ABC, right? Now, what if I got up here and said, I want you to say your ABCs, and I'm going to say it with you. A-K-J-M-P-Z-Y-C-D-M-L. Yeah, that, yep. The look y'all just gave me is the same one I would have got if I'd have done that. You know why? Because you'd have been like, that's not the order in which the alphabet goes. Right? Let's count to ten on the count of three. One, two, three, go. Congratulations, y'all passed kindergarten. Right? Now, what if I got up here and said, I'm going to count to ten. One, seven, three, nine, four, ten. It doesn't count, does it? Did I just get to 10? I got to 10, but I didn't count to 10. Why? Because I didn't do it in the correct order. Can I tell you something today? Many of us sitting in the room today, here's what I want to talk about, is the fact that many of us are asking God to bless something that's out of order. Many of our lives, we sit in the house, and we go to church, and and, and, and we pray, and we read the Bible. But our lives are not in order enough for God's full blessing in your life. Can I tell you something? This is what God has revealed to me recently. The truth of the matter is God's full blessing comes when there's full order. And there's full order. God told me recently, he said, Brandon, you're asking me to bless things that aren't in the order that I created them in. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you spend an hour in prayer every week or every day if the order isn't correct. And what I mean by that is if my heart isn't in the right posture to begin with and then everything else lines up with it. I can't ask God to bless me with my spouse when I'm not even chasing the spouse that I'm supposed to have. I'm not, this not even in the right order. I'm doing it in all the wrong ways for all the wrong reasons. I need it too much. I need them too much. I'm doing things out of the order of wedlock that I'm supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like Things just aren't in order. Bless me, God, but God's going, I would if I could trust you with the order. It'd be go back to last week. I can't. He can't pour water into a, hole, a cup with holes in it, can he? It's not going to happen. And, and I want to read before you get too mad at me. I want to read Matthew twenty three through twenty five real quick. You know. You know how I know. You know everything has order. Go outside today, and when you go to go home, and you try, and, and, and you're going to eat pizza for lunch, right, with your family. Try to drive before you crank up your car. Try. Yeah, it doesn't work, right? Try to drive before you put it in drive. you got to crank it up, and you got to put it in gear, and you got to buckle up and all these things before you get on the road. You know why? Because there's an order in which things have to operate for things to work correctly. Watch this. In verses 23 through 25, before we read this, he has just healed the woman with the issue of blood. She was sick for 12 years before she reached out and touched Jesus' garment. As he was passing by, she was healed. But before that, there was an official that came to her and said, My daughter is dead. I need you to come and pray over her and, and perform a healing and raise her from the dead. On the way to that place, he, stopped, he gets stopped by the woman and uh, heals the woman. And now he's, we pick up at 23 to where right after he's done that, it says, When Jesus came into the official's house and he saw the flute players in the crowd in a noisy disorder, he said, Leave! For the girl has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. But when the crowd had been sent out, he entered and took her by the hand. And the girl got up. And the girl got up. Listen to me. He looked. The first thing Jesus noticed when he walked in the room. The first thing Jesus noticed. He didn't notice anything but this when he first walked in. He walked in and he noticed, it says, disorder. What is disorder? Disorder is when things are out of place or not in the order in which they are supposed to be in. Is anybody like, like me in this sense? You can walk into a room and if there's a picture crooked or if there's a magazine crooked on the table or whatever it is, you walk in and that is the first thing you notice. You know what I'm saying? Like it drives me up the wall. Now my wife will tell you I wish he was like that at home. For me, I, I don't know why, it's just when I go places, that's what I notice. If things are, you know, when I walk in on Sunday morning, can I tell you, I look and I notice if the chairs are crooked. Because it drives me up the wall, I can't stand it. If something's supposed to be straight and there's a, it's crooked a little bit, it, I, that's all I see the rest of the day. It's like, Lord is like, I'm trying to speak to you and I'm like, yeah, can you fix that first? You know what I'm saying? Y'all like, you ain't holy enough. I'm just kidding, y'all. Calm down. Right? Things that are out of order or out of place, not in the way that they're supposed to be in. And and, and I believe many of us are giving up on the full promise of God and blessing of God in our life because of the disorder that's in our life. Come on now. And, and, And for the sake of this series, I want to talk to you about the order in which our finances are supposed to go. The order in which our finances are supposed to go. Because here's the problem. Many of us are begging God to bless our finances in the entire time. We're not even, they're not even in the order in which they're supposed to be in. Are you with me? God, I need you to give me a bigger raise. And God's going, if I could trust you, I would. God, I, I need you to bless my finances. And God's going, I'd love to, I'd love to give you more. The problem is, is you won't put it in the right order when I give it to you. You know? Hey, God, I need you to do this, and I need you to do that. And and here's the truth of the matter. Disorder causes God's blessing to be repelled from our life. You with me? Disorder causes God's blessing to be repelled from our life. If we never understand the order, we can never experience his blessing. So there's two things that I want you to grab first and foremost in order. First, okay? The first one is this. The first, you need to write this down. The first is what? God's. The first is God's. Say that with me. The first... Is God's. The first is God's. In the Bible or in church terms, we call it the tithe, the top ten percent. That's how it was in Malachi three and in the Old Testament. And I've heard people say this. Well, that was an Old Testament law. No, it's talked about in the New Testament. And then every single time it's talked about in the New Testament, Jesus always asked for more. So if you want to follow like the New Testament law to a to a T, then what you need to do is we need to be giving more than ten percent. Anybody? Come on. Tithe is the, is the order. The first, say it with me, the first it is God's. The first is God's. Let, let, me, let me tell you a story that'll, that'll translate this well. Okay, let's say that, that, that there's, a, there's a wealthy man, okay, in our lives, and, and he, for work, he has to leave and go out of the country for months, right? He's gone, let's say, a year. Okay, And before he leaves, he gives all of us, he gives one of us a large amount of money. And he looks at us and he says this. He says, when I'm gone, I'm going to send you a large amount of money every single month. And when you, when you receive that, I need you to do something. I need you to take the first 10% and make sure that my wife still gets that. Because she needs that to pay the bills. And she needs that to live on. She needs that for groceries and all these things, right? She needs that to take care of herself, right? So give the first 10% to her. What do I need to do with the other 90%? He looks at me and says this. I don't really care. But whenever there's a repair that needs to be made or something that needs to be done in the house, then I need you to take that 90% and take care of it, okay? Now, anything left over, you can take it and use it however you want to use it. It's totally up to you. Sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? Like it's free money just to send 10% over, right? So we look, and and, and for the first month or so, you know, if things good, we give it. Several months go by, and and he talks to his wife all the time, but they just don't talk about the money side of things. Several months goes by, and he misses his wife, right? And so he looks at his wife, and he says this. He says, I need you. I want you to fly over here for a couple weeks because in a couple weeks, this is beautiful, this is gorgeous, and I want you to experience what I'm experiencing, Okay? And so I need you uh, to purchase a plane ticket and come over here and, 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 and hang out with me and be with me. She says, honey, wait, I can't fly over there. Well, why not? Well, I don't have the money. Well, uh, wait a second. Now, I've been sending money over to, to Mark every, every month. And all he's supposed to do is when he gets the money, give you 10% to take care of bills and all that stuff. And then he's supposed to be taking care of the house and anything else that needs to be taken care of whenever it needs to be taken care of. Anything else, I didn't care what he did with it. She says, oh, by the way, you know, about six months ago, the roof needed to be fixed. Uh, I haven't heard from Mark, haven't heard from anything. I, I let him know that it needed to be fixed, but Mark didn't get back in touch with me. He didn't, get, he didn't replace the, the, the roof, and, and there's a bad storm that came by last month, and now the ceiling in the, in the, in the upstairs is, is, is falling through because of, of the storm, and the roof needed to be replaced and all this stuff, right? And so the entire time, what, what's happening is, is Mark is sitting there, and he's, he's, he's saying, you know, I, I got this money, and I'm going to send 10% where he needs to go. For the first month, he did fine. That's what his wife says. For the first month, he sent everything he needed to do. Everything was good. For the second month, here's the deal. He sent a little bit less. It was probably about 8%. And ever since then, I I really, it's dwindled down until I don't even hear from him anymore. I don't even hear from him anymore. And so what he's looking at is he's going, she's going, I'm living off of what I got a couple months ago. But wait a second, I gave Mark the money to give back to you and he didn't do it? No, he didn't do it. So what's going to happen whenever the homeowner calls Mark about the money? Answer, What's he going to say? He's going to say, I can't trust you, so I'm cutting off the supply. You, I've got to go to somebody else to give them the money because now I know that their money will now go to where it needs to go to because I can trust them. It reminds me of the scripture, faithful with little, I'll be blessed with much. And so it's a story, and can I tell you, that's exactly what God has done to us. He said, look, I'm going to leave my family. In fact, Jesus said it this way, it's better that I go than for me to stay. Because when I go, you're blessed with the Holy Spirit. But when I leave, I'm going to bless you with resources all through your jobs. And all I need you to do is give me 10%. Can I tell you what the tithe is? The tithe is not about what God needs from you. The tithe is about God wanting your heart. Can I, why did he pick money then? Here's why. Because money affects every single person that will ever walk the face of the earth. And he never said, I need $200 of your first check. Because what if I don't get $200? He said 10%, which affects everybody. Here's why. Because he said, that 10%, I need you to take care of my family. Called the church, the children of God. That goes to take care of my family. Can I tell you that at this church, when you give your 10%, it goes to take care of the family of God, the children of God in the community. He said, I need you to go take care of my family. And then he said, but here's the thing. whenever Whenever I put on your heart to sow a seed, I need you to take that and I need you to give that. when there's a a repair that needs to be done, when things need to happen, when there's a heart for the house offering that goes down so that we can reach more people. I just need you to be willing to give that. See, the other, the first is what? The first is his. The first is God's. And then the second is, is very similar. We're talking about it right now. The second is this. The rest is to be managed. Somebody say that with me. The rest is to be managed. The rest is to be managed. And see, the man looks at the, at the person that he's given the money to and he says, you know what, there's 90% left over, I just need you to be obedient with it. Manage it well. Steward it well. If there's something that needs to be done, I just need you to give it whenever I tell you to give it. If I don't call you and tell you to give it, then don't worry about it, no big deal. But I called you and I told you that I needed you to give to the roof. You just didn't do it, so now the roof is falling apart. How many times in our lives are we blaming God for something that's falling apart in our life and he's already made the call for us to do something about it, but we just sit back and go, I need you to fix it. Come on. I need you to fix it, God. And God's going, I am through you. See, many of us are waiting on God to physically show up and fix every problem in our life. God doesn't work that way. God fixes things through you and through me. You know how he reaches counties? He reaches counties not by showing up physically in the heart of the county and putting his feet down and going, I'm here, come to me. He looks And he reaches counties by going, I've got a church that is willing to do what it takes to reach people. To do what it takes to reach people, no matter what. The rest is to be what? manage let, let me let me show show it to you like this if, you, if you're good if you're with me say let's go. let's go let's go here we go let's just pretend for a moment that this rope just kind of goes on and on forever right clearly this rope doesn't go on and on forever it goes to the end of the stage but just just play with me for a minute right let's just pretend that this rope goes on and on forever and let's pretend that this rope is our lives and I, I, know, I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, why is one end of it yellow and the rest of it white? Let, let me show you something. This right here, if this rope is our lives, this part represents our life on earth. The rest of it represents eternity. Because the truth of the matter, if, if we know anything about eternity, we know anything about the Bible, here's the truth. Our lives never end. We just go to dwell in another place. And so this is, this is our life today. This is our life in Elgin or uh, wherever you may be. And this is our life physically on earth. And that's our life eternally. And here's my concern about my life and about your life and financially when I read the Bible. And, and I see this all over the place. That often we're so concerned about what we're doing to enjoy the yellow part of our life. We're concerned about doing everything we can Spending everything we make, doing everything we can to enjoy this little piece right here. When I've heard people say it this way, well, what you do today doesn't necessarily affect eternity. Can I tell you that's a lie? That's a lie. Listen to me. Every every decision that we make today affects the rest of our lives for eternity. Every single one. We can think of it, and well, no, it doesn't. I just made a mistake. Yes. And Jesus covers that, but that doesn't mean there's not eternal consequence. Maybe not for you, maybe it's for somebody you're connected to. Because what if the decision I make turns them away from Jesus forever? Think about it. Our lives are never just about us. But man, I, and, and, and don't get me wrong, don't walk out of here and go, well, Pastor said we can't even buy new cars. Shouldn't have nice houses. I don't believe that. I believe all that's fine. I'll go back to what I said last week. It's fine to have nice things, it's not fine for nice things to have us. And here's the thing we will stress and freak out to make sure we've got, let me put it to you, how many parents we got in the house today? We will stress and freak out to make sure our kids have everything they've ever cried for in Target. That LOL surprise doll. Surprise, it's going to cost you more than you thought. (laughs) Right? That Nintendo Switch. It switches your bank account from being good to bad. (laughs) Whatever it is, listen to me. We will freak out because my kid wants it. We will freak out because I got to have it. I'm here now. Here. Now. Now. But listen, what if we switched our mindset to go from it's not about what I enjoy here. It's about what I encounter there. Because which one would you rather enjoy the longest? The most. The longest portion of our lives, right? Guys, The part of the problem with order is this, is that we will focus on this and forget all about that. Can I tell you something? We will focus, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but we will focus on return on investment. If I give this now, I get that there and all this stuff. And I can give, listen, I can give to Target. I can give to Capital One. I can give to Visa, but don't ask me to give to the church. I'll give above and beyond to my child that needs that 900 toy that I don't need to get them. Experience, I got three of them. But what if God's saying, take that $100 just this time and put it in the kingdom for eternal return on investment. Because eternity, you know what makes me so excited? To know that through our Radiate Teens... Twenty-seven of them are now not as focused on this as they are on that because they've given their lives to Jesus and now their eternity is spoken for. What if this just didn't matter as much? Again, there's nothing wrong with having great stuff. I got a great friend of mine, had a beautiful house, had kids, has kids lived in a beautiful house they were going into a building campaign at their church the Lord spoke to him and told him he said you need to sell your house and everything you make you need to give it to the building campaign at the church so he did sold it got an apartment and everything they made that was profit he gave it to the church today they live in a house that's nicer than the one that they sold And it's a complete miracle of God that they got it because they didn't take any of the profit of what they sold and put it on that house. It was totally God going, hey, here's the money. You've been obedient. Let me bless you. Because this doesn't matter as much. And when we get the order out, when we get it out of order and there's disorder in our lives, can I tell you, God's blessing cannot fully be seen. I'm convinced that... In my life and in so many other lives, we are sitting here and we are forfeiting the entire, but the fullness of the blessing of God in our lives because this matters more than that. And it's out of order. You may be sitting there today going, you know what, that doesn't necessarily speak to me financially. It speaks to me about my marriage. Good. Quit asking your God to restore your marriage whenever your marriage isn't in the right order. Because here's what God told me not too long ago. He said, quit begging me to fix your mess up when I've told you how to do it to begin with. The rest is to be managed. Can I tell you that throughout the Bible and throughout my life, there's people and there's things in my life that have taught me how to manage money and it's my choice to listen or not but what I'd rather do is just mess it up and ask God to bail me out that doesn't seem like a very fruitful thing to do does it because as long as I keep getting bailed out I can never move forward you with me today order let me, let me show you a couple, couple of other things real quick I'm, and this is seriously quick if you notice in the scripture when he gets in there he begins to speak life to the situation says hey she's not dead she's alive she's asleep what do they do they laugh at her right laugh at him right can I just go ahead and give you some advice when you start to get things back in order people are going to laugh at you and it's going to be awkward and it's going to be weird I don't care if it's financially or if it's in other areas of your life the truth of the matter is when we go to get it in order people will look and go that's stupid I can't I can't go. I can't go to Olive Garden tonight. If you want to go get dollar tacos, I got about five bucks I can spend that's budgeted. Other than that, that's it. If you want to hang out with me tonight, we gotta to go to San Jose for dollar tacos. People are gonna laugh. Man, that's crazy. Just spend ten more bucks and go to Olive Garden with me. No, it's not crazy. It's called order, it's called management. When I look at people and go, no, 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 I I can't go, I can't hang out with you tonight and I'd love to, but I need to spend some time with my husband or my wife because I haven't really spent much time with them lately and I I really need to spend some time with them. People will laugh at you and go, dude, you're whipped. No. I'm in order. My first relationship is my home relationship. People will laugh and people will go, dude, that's crazy. And here's the other thing. As soon as you read verse 25, it says, when he closed the door and the disorder left, he walked over, he grabbed her hand, she got up off the bed. Here's what God told me. He said, disorder makes things that are breathing seem like they're dead. Some of us are begging God to raise something from the dead, and he's going, it's not dead. It's still breathing. The problem is, is you're still allowing disorder into that area of your life and so you feel like it's dead but it's not dead. It's breathing on the bed over there. If you'll get the disorder out and close the door then I can do something. But here's the thing. Listen, listen. We can't look at the disorder and say this. Hey, if you could just go out in the hallway, I'll leave the door open for you. No. Because most of us are still allowing the disorder to walk in and out whenever we want. Hey, I know, I know you bring chaos into my life. Just come and go as you please. Hey, hey, I know that, that you're not helping me manage my money. So you just come and go as, we, as you please. Hey, I know that that you're not teaching me love and and all this stuff. Just come and go as you please. Hey, I know that you're breaking apart my marriage. Just come and go as you please. I know that you're not speaking life into my life. Just come and go as you please. The problem is, is most of us want to get out of the disorder, but we don't want to close the door on it. And how many times, listen, how many times has God wanted to walk to the bed and pick up the dream that you gave up on Pick up the budget that you walked away from. Picked up the paycheck that you've been getting for six months and don't seem like it can go any further. How many times has God wanted to walk over there, pick it up off the bed and say, see, it's alive. But it's only when we close the door on the disorder that that can happen. Come on, somebody. Because here's the thing. The order we live with here directly affects what we encounter there. I don't know about you, in my life, financially, in leadership, personally, marriage, kids, I want to live with the right order. Because if order matters that much, then he can't and won't even perform a miracle when there's disorder around then that tells me i got to get the disorder out of my life. And that may mean I get laughed at. But I don't care if you laugh at me because I'm going to be walking with the blessing and the favor of God in my life no matter what happens in my life. I've got the favor of God. So what if i got a sacrifice today? <laughs> so what? This... I don't know about you, but that matters way more than this. It's all about the order. There's a few things we need to pay attention to. Write them down. I'm just giving you some next steps. Because in this, part of the issue is, is in the past, I've preached these messages. But never given a next step on what to do. I got two of them for you today. Or three of them, sorry. The first one is this. To get in order, we first have to make what's important to God important to us. If the church is important enough to God to go, I need you to give the first 10% of everything you get, you make to the church so that the church can take care of my family, then I think it ought to be important to me. I sat right over there just a moment ago when Chris and Linda were talking about tithe, and I texted in my tithe for the day. Sat right over there and did it. I love it. It's so easy. Some of you don't even know what that means. Here's what tithe is. The first 10% of everything that comes in goes to the local church so that we can use it to reach more people. Well, Pastor, you're just doing this. uh, You're preaching this message so you can meet budget. It's the end of the year. No, we met budget months ago. You need to celebrate that, actually, because that's a big deal. It's not about that for me. I'm going to be honest with you. Even if we didn't meet budget, the truth of the matter is, I just rearranged some things. Because it's not about money to me. It's about reach. Money just determines how fast this vision goes. (laughs) But listen, it's about God wants our heart The first 10%. We have a next step that's just for that, to teach people what it means to give in the blessing of God. It's called the 90-day tithe challenge. If you don't tithe today, and I, I don't even know who does and who doesn't, but if you don't tithe today, I want to encourage you to do something, to get yourself your finances back in order for the first time or, or maybe again. I want to tell you, start the 90-day tithe challenge. Here's what that means. For 90 days, you commit that you will give the first 10% of everything that comes in for 90 days. And then at the end of 90 days, if you can come back to me and you can show me where God just never came through on His promise. God didn't provide what I, protect what I have. He didn't provide what I needed. And he didn't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that I can't contain. I'll write you a check sitting right in front of you for every dime that you gave to this church for 90 days. You me tell you why? God's not a liar. I had a guy walk up to me between services just a few minutes ago, and he said, Look, I don't know what other people are doing, but I took the 90-day tithe challenge, and it was a game changer for my life. I don't even know how things happen anymore. I just know that I tithe, and God takes care of me. Some of us, we need to do that. Just stop by the black tent on the way out and just go, I need to sign up for 90-day tithe challenge today. Here's another thing that, that some of us need to do. Some of you are doing that, but the issue is we're not managing anymore very well. It's called budgeting in today's world, right? Budgeting, we're not managing it well. Can I tell you, if you don't know, if you don't have a budget template or anything like that, let me give you a, an email to email so that we can send you a budget template and some help. The email is this, you matter, y-o-u-matter, at RadiateChurch.net. We got a template we'll send you that was made by an accountant and a CFO that will help you do what you need to do to at least get a base for budgeting. Because we're here to walk through this thing together. Just email us and we'll, we'll email you the PDF. And you take it and make it yours. Because here's the thing, we want you to manage it well because we want you, we want you to have everything God has for you. You with me? And third thing is this, make some goals and pray over them every single day god i want to get out of debt in 12 months okay but what does that do if god's not in it pray over it lay it at the foot of the cross let jesus do something miraculous there And can i tell you this getting out of debt does not mean putting things back out of order again well i got so much debt i can't afford to tithe no you can't afford not to What's more important, visa or God? Y'all don't hate on me today. I'm telling you, conversations my wife and I have had. Sitting in our living room with tears flowing, going, I don't know what's going to happen. And we looked and said, I can't afford not to give him my first. So everybody else will have to wait. If that's what it takes. And God's taught us how to manage things better. 90-day tie challenge, budget, manage it well, and pray over it. Now, what I want to do today is I just want to pray over you. I just want to pray that God blesses you and your finances and puts things back in order. If you could just close your eyes. Let's move into a time of prayer. You know, I often believe that God... Or the enemy causes disorder to distract us from God's miracles. And uh, I just need to say there's some folks today that are in the room. I believe this with everything inside of me. That are in the room that I believe God's saying to you this. If you'll get things in order, you'll see things that you've always dreamed of you'll be a part of things much bigger than you ever thought you could be so first and foremost is there anybody in the room that would say this pastor the first thing that's out of order in my life is salvation I need to give my life to Jesus today with everything inside of me I need to submit my life to Jesus I need to be a follower of him if that's you in the room will you hold your hand up so I can pray with you salvation in your life today amen 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 What you're going to feel with your hand, keep your hand up. There's going to be a clipboard that slides into your hand today. And that's so that we can get information to walk with you. I want the entire church to repeat after me when I'll pray over you. Dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for giving me hope. Thank you for forgiving me. Help me walk a new life. With you. I give you everything I have my past, my present, and my future. And when I mess up, grab my hand and lead me in a new way. Help me walk away from old things and into things with you. Thank you for welcoming welcoming me into the family of God. I am yours, and you're mine. If you said that prayer and you believe that in your heart, welcome home to the family of God. Come on, church. Make some noise today. Now, here's what I want to do. If you're in the room and you'll say, I got some things out of order in my life and I need them back in order. Will you pray with me? Will you throw your hand up in the air all over the room? Join with about 50 people in the first service that did the exact same thing. Hold them up through the whole prayer. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I begin to declare order in their life. God, I pray that you would show us what's out of order. Maybe it's in our heart, maybe it's in our spirit, maybe it's in our marriage, maybe it's in our kids, but God, whatever financially is out of order, I pray that right now you begin to show us what we need to do to put it back in order, because it's not about giving to get, it's about being obedient to the kingdom of God. And today, I declare that we will make the first yours. I declare that we will manage the rest well. God, that we will do what we have to do to make a difference in this world. God, I pray over the heart for the house giving. God, that you would declare on our hearts each and every one of us individually what we need to give. God, I pray that we would get things in order so that we can reach people for the kingdom of God. Help us, God, in every way, shape, and form. In your name we pray. And if you believe God sent some things in order in your life, can you shout today and make some noise? Come on, church! Come on! We're so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know send us an email at youmatter@radiatechurch.net at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today at radiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.